today's episode, we're going to teach you all you need to know about dental insurance. We're also going to share one of our experiences with insurance. It was pretty frustrating, but we definitely learned something through that. Uh, And lastly, we're going to tell you about a personal anecdote uh, of a bad business decision we made early on in Nancy's dental career that really forced us to have to learn so much about dental insurance. Welcome to episode six of the podcast, Unexpected Answers, brought to you by Golden Dental Solutions out of Golden, Colorado. Hi, everyone. Dr. Nancy Gill here with my husband, Dave. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. We have had a little bit of a hiatus because of summer, trying to enjoy every last moment, as I'm sure everyone has been. So podcast has kind of been on hold for a couple of months. We try to do one once a month, but... We're a little bit behind, so forgive us. Uh, and having a, a school-age daughter, it's kind of, uh, now we have to take vacations the same time as everybody else, because when school <laughs> is out, which is kind of kind of a drag, but... Like the rest of the world, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so today's episode is what we're calling the Cliff Note version of dental insurance. Now, more than ever, I feel like it's so important to understand, we are coming up with enrollment periods here. Typically, they happen in September, October for people, so we thought this was perfect timing for um, the year upcoming year of 2020 for dental insurance. And something that we want to make sure gets across is uh, how insurance companies, you know, they're money-making ventures, and they're not always going to be looking out for the patients, first and foremost, and they're not always going to be looking out for the caregivers either, and how we all kind of have to be our own advocates in that way. So hopefully we want to equip you with better information so you aren't surprised by something that does get paid for or doesn't or whatever. Just so you're knowledgeable. Give you yeah. some give you some fuel for the fire. So first thing I want to mention is that insurance companies, how they're changing on our end and how we see things that are changing is they're developing these waiting periods. And it's so interesting because they will have a waiting period, six months, a year, two years we have seen max for major work. So you need a root canal, you need a crown, um, anything that is kind of common for for people to get at a dental office. And they'll say, I'm so sorry, you can get your cleanings and you can get some minor fillings done, but nothing more than that. So somebody gets, so this is when they get a new dental insurance plan. Yes, so, a new so I sign insurance up, plan. Mm-hmm. They may, you may not actually get to get a root canal or crown or any of that stuff. Or coverage. Right. You can just wait it out, right? Like you don't get it for a year or two or whatever. Whatever their, their waiting their period is. is. So that's one thing to look for in your contract is mm. what is their waiting period and what is that waiting period? That's what that means. The other thing is that you're going to be paying into insurance. If you have an employer covering your dental insurance for you, awesome. This is one of the only times I think it's beneficial, honestly. I think it's beneficial when someone's paying for it for you because if you're not, you can pay anywhere between $35 for a lesser plan um, all the way up to, I've heard about $60 a month for a more involved plan. But that is not like medical insurance where they cover 100% once you meet your deductible. What that means is that you can pay that dollar amount monthly and then they'll cover a percentage of your work so if you pay 35 dollars a month i have patients that do that it's you um it's an arp 
program. So people that are on Medicare, um, 65 plus, and they'll get this dental insurance supplement plan that's usually cost effective, but then their cleanings are maybe covered at 70% instead of 100%. So now they pay their $35 a month times 12, so 350, 70, 420 a year. And then um, after that, then they'll pay 70 that insurance company will pay 70% of their cleanings and they still have that copay of 30%. And then if they need a filling or a crown or whatever, they might cover 30% of a crown. They might cover 50. So the percentages are very, very low, but your monthly cost is low as well. So that's something to look at and consider if you see those lower plans. Yeah. And especially if you're somebody who um, doesn't have a history of needing a lot of dental work, it, it starts to be something where you're probably paying more than what you're getting back out of exactly. it. Exactly. And a lot of people on Medicare ask us that. They say, is this even beneficial? Can you look at my mouth and tell me what the next five years brings or what the next two or three years bring? What can I expect? And oftentimes they've had continue coverage, you know, every six months for the last however many years and they haven't had anything to be done. And if something pops up, they save the money and they just don't get it. You know, they can just pay for it in this savings fund that they've collected. Yeah. So I think what Nancy's trying to get at is that you're in some cases for people, you're better off just creating a savings account that you can use for something like a dental uh, uh, thing that you didn't see coming um, right. and actually have more money in the end than if you paid monthly for dental insurance. So you take that 35 bucks a month and you just put it in a savings account. Right. Instead and of that's what a it. lot of our, our people do. Yeah. Um, the other option is the higher option, which is more money paid in. So about $60 or so. And it's a traditional dental plan, very similar to what an employer would give you where your preventive, so your cleanings, your x-rays, your um, anything, your exams annually will be covered at 100%. Basic work is considered fillings, typically. Um, some periodontal work is considered basic. That's covered at 80%. And then major work like crowns, bridges um, are covered at 50%. So if you need a lot of work, like maybe you have some something going on with your gums or whatever, then maybe that's more economical for you to have right. pay for a dental insurance. Um, right. If you haven't been for a while and you know it's like building up, Yes, I do think it can benefit the patient for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like for with my work, uh, you know, I have a, a job outside of Nancy's office and, um, you know, we have dental insurance that I just get for free. I don't have to pay for it. It's a, it's a benefit of my job. So um, definitely doesn't hurt to have it, especially if you don't have to pay for it out of your own pocket. So, right. And so you it's great. That's some benefits. And I also think if you can be honest with yourself and if you're bad with money, you know, some people will say, oh, I'm just going to open this account. I'm going to automatically take it out of my checking account and it's going to go in this account every month. And they can do that. They're very um, structured like that. But if you know you're not going to do it and then you don't have dental insurance and then something major comes up and you don't have that savings, then of course dental insurance is fine because they're going to take that money from you every month and you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have, if you don't, if you know yourself well and, um, I know some people like don't have the discipline to do that, and I understand that. And so um, maybe if that would be another time that it might be beneficial, you know, because it's automatic and they take it for you, and then you know at least you have it, and and all of that. But so let me let me ask you a question though. So you are a dentist and you do dentistry, but dental insurance is an expertise unto its own. So where did you first? really learn, start learning this side of the business? Because I don't think they teach you that in school, do they? Very, very little. I think we had maybe four hours on it. <laughs> four yeah. years of dental school. Like 15 years ago. And I, yeah, and I don't even know if they really talked about much. But I, I mean, 
honestly, how I found out about it the most, I did my own research because when I got out of school, I worked for a corporate office. And then right after that, Dave and I were just dating. and Just, just dating. <laughs> She makes it seem like <laughs> such a small deal. We're just dating. <laughs> and then we, um, I, I wanted to buy my own practice. And I, I started looking as soon as my contract was over with that corporate office. I was looking at this practice. And it ended up being just a lemon. And I was so glad that I worked in corporate for that year and a half and I, and I know corporate dentistry sometimes gets a bad name, but honestly, this was like one of the best things I could have done for myself and for my future. But I was able to find out so much um, about it, you know, because they had all their people in place. They had their office manager, they had their receptionist, they had the assistants. And those were the people that they taught me so much. And I wasn't, it wasn't on my and you know i was you working just, for someone i was a, i was an associate you so. just had to do dentistry but you wanted to learn that stuff exactly so and out. i was able to and yeah. i learned so much so i was really actually grateful for that because um it helped me make this practice and i i don't anybody that's listening to this that is a patient of ours they probably don't know this because our front desk gals are so amazing but they had zero experience when they came to our office zero um i think our office manager, Kelsey, worked. I'm trying to think where she worked before. Oh, maybe a coffee shop? I don't remember. Hmm. But um, not in dental. <laughs> so, I mean, we taught tooth numbers. We taught surfaces. Tori, who's there now, um, I remember her first trying to learn what those tooth numbers were and the surfaces. And we had these cheat sheets up there. So any person that's up there right now has learned from scratch. And, um, and luckily, it's because we have this training of... It started down with me, but then it kind of trickled down to the next person, to the next person, and that person teaches the next person, and eventually everybody learns. Well, and, and you largely had to learn out of necessity because that lemon of a dental practice, which we're going to tell the story about that a little later, it's kind of interesting. We, we learned some lessons the hard way about business for sure, but uh, in her first practice that, that Nancy owned on her own, it was literally just her and her sister were the only two right. people. You walk into the office... And there was nobody but her and her sister, Ange. And they did mm -hmm. anything and everything that w there was to do in that office, whether it was uh, cleaning or paying bills or uh, cleaning teeth or <laughs> doing <laughs> dentistry or trying to get paid, um, dealing with insurances. They, they had, she had to learn it all. So that's oh, really the... Some of our longtime patients listening to this will feel this sense of nostalgia as they're listening. Or <laughs> have been with you since the their, their so original long. gangsters, yes, the OG patients. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but we'll we'll get to the, we'll come back to that story a little later. But I think uh, Nance wants to tell you guys some more very useful pieces of information and, and some stories about um, situations with patients that they've had to deal with with trying to get something covered, and maybe they had a surprise that wasn't pleasant. And uh, yeah, let's see what what do you got. So. One of the really frustrating things, I was trying to think of some stories about actual things that have happened in our office because of dental insurance. And one of the biggest ones and the most frustrating was it was last year and we hadn't changed our name yet because now after Dallas and I became partners, we changed our name to Golden Dental Solutions, but it used to just be our names um, when she was an associate. And so when we, um, we, we hadn't done any changes, nothing's changed. Actually, 
it was so stable that all of our claims go digitally. So we click a button at the end of the day and all of them go digital to where they're supposed to go. There's these payer ID numbers. They automatically go to the email or whatever comes into the inbox for those insurance companies and that's how it goes. And you guys had had the same business setup and name same and everything for four, for four for years. Four years. For four years. And all so, of a sudden, so, randomly, an insurance company decided to stop paying any patient or paying for any patient that saw Dallas. And so- Without um, letting you know. Without letting no us know. So up. she was still an associate at this time. And, um, and she- <laughs> One day, 30 days later, because we don't get paid for from insurance for at least 30 days. 30 days, they have to make contact with us, but they don't even have to pay us yet. They have to make contact within 30 days. That's the law. And they sent us these claims back that weren't getting paid. And they were saying, she's not a provider. She's not within the practice. And we said, we have changed nothing. This is the same setup for four years. So eventually, we had to make the tough decision to just say, we're done. You didn't pay us for a month. Can you imagine? Can you imagine going to work, Dave, and and just saying, "I'm so sorry, you're not going to get paid this month." Why? I don't know. Your name got dropped from our salary payroll. So um, we'll catch up later, maybe next month. Maybe I don't know. But yeah. we didn't get paid. Yeah. So 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 somebody at the insurance company just clicked the wrong button, and then they're like, "Sorry,", sorry. And, and they never. So you guys called and called and called. I and called. Then, Dallas called. Kelsey called. Um, my dad called. <laughs> I sound like such a child saying that, but he is a really, really deep and profound business voice. And he said he was getting so upset about he, it too he, when I told him. And he's kind of a fight cat, so I think he was like <laughs> he was enjoying he's, it. He's retired, so he's like, oh, this this will be. It was like I have a some game. time. It was like a game to him. He's like, oh, I'll get that money out of him, you know, the insurance company. It didn't work. So ultimately, we ended up writing off an entire month's work. So we did free dentistry for any patient from this insurance company for an entire month. And then they fixed it after the month? Or you They guys... eventually fixed it. But they didn't go back and... No. No. No, they did not go back and, and go back in and, and pay. And honestly, we can, we can probably hire an attorney and fight it. But by the time we're done, hmm. I mean, I don't have time for this. Yeah. It's just like one of those lessons learned. We're done with you. Yeah. Done. And so that was where, you know, the insurance company wasn't really looking out for the provider very well. So this is a good segue because we were in network with some of these insurance companies and now we're out of network. So I just wanted to explain that a little bit and talk about it. You used to be in network for how many insurances? Just Oh my gosh. When I opened that first practice, oh, 15 maybe. 15. And so now how many are you in network for? Five. Five. And so, so we've dropped them along the way as they got nasty. Yeah. So as as they were not treating you as you see it fairly. Right. And, and so we got yeah. to these times and everyone has done it to us. And even some of them that were in network now, Kelsey is sometimes that's her job. Sometimes on a single day, she will be on that phone for eight hours in a back room talking to insurance companies, trying to get paid for our work and trying to get coverage for our patients so the patient doesn't have to pay the whole thing. So um, that's sometimes her whole entire day. Mm. Um, so yes, life would be easy without insurance, but we that know sounds, that's not feasible. That sounds kind of soul crushing. Do you give her like a cookie or something? Cause that's like- We give her dessert. <laughs> that's good. Sometimes, sometimes Dallas will make her treats and stuff. She deserves it. <laughs> um, so I want to explain what in-network means. So when you're in-network, 
that means that we have a contract with that insurance company. Um, so let's just use like Delta Dental, for example. So we're in network with Delta Dental. And so we have this contract. And every year, annually, they will send us at the beginning of the year a fee schedule. So we'll say this is X amount of dollars this year that you can charge for a cleaning, for um, an exam, x-rays. And I shouldn't say charge. I should say how much you'll get from us. How much Nancy's office will get paid. Right, how much we'll get paid. And so we know. And so if you ask for an estimate, with an insurance company that we're a network for, we'll be able to give you a really great estimate. We'll have a good idea, not down to the penny, but pretty close. If we are out of network, so for example, we are now out of network with United Concordia, United Healthcare, a couple other ones. That means that you can still come to our office. You can go to any provider that you want, but even if they're out of network, it just means that they do not give us a fee schedule and we don't abide by their fee schedule. Meaning that when they come in and um, when a person comes in and they ask for an estimate, this is the crummy thing, we don't know. Um, we have trends. So sometimes they come in and this particular plan will pay 100%. And we'll say, oh, your cleaning was covered at 100%. Great. Sometimes they'll come in and their cleaning will be covered at 80% and their copay might be 15 bucks or something. We just don't know. So a key point there is, is if you're an out-of-network patient and want to come see Nancy, the insurance will still pay for some of your procedure, uh, but it just gets a little more uncertain about how much. Right. And so you have to kind of know worst case scenario, and we will fight for you. Like I said, this is the girls' jobs, you know, some days to just fight. Kelsey and the dessert. Kelsey and dessert and, yeah. and Tori sometimes too. Um, but they will fight for you and be your advocate for sure. And we will try our best to get coverage for you. And, and another thing I want to mention too is that uh, if you have dental insurance and you are looking for a dentist and you really just stick with who's in network with your insurance company, it might be a little self-limiting, especially if you don't know if your insurance pays dentists in a just doesn't treat, treat dentists very well, it might mean that a lot of dentists have dropped that insurance. And so by only staying in network, you might only have, you might not have the best dentists to choose from because ones that are, have busier offices because they, they do really good work and the patients really like them. They have, it's easier for them to choose to be out of network for dental certain dental insurances. Right. right. And and we don't, we try to be as fair as possible for the patient too, because we, we appreciate not having to work with them, you know, with the insurance companies. Um, and so I know a lot of offices have plans. Um, we do percentages for, um, for people that pay, you know, up front, there's percentages off and all that kind of stuff. So I think every office probably has things set up like that. Um, I know that every person that's listening to this, we have people around the world that have been listening to this. So I know not every person is in Colorado and our practice. So if it is someone else, I mean, this is typically how offices work. So at least you have an idea um, for how they work. And and if you are um, on the other side of the world or in Canada, all bets are off of insurance because I have no idea. How <laughs> it's a whole different ball game, yeah. <laughs> Still gotta be your own advocate though, no matter right. where you go. <laughs> I did want to say that one other story um, I was telling you before about the root canal. Mm. So I had that patient come in that had was in pain, mm -hmm. and we looked at we take the X-ray, we do the exam, and we see a lesion that um, an abscess forming. So they needed a root canal and a crown. The tooth can be saved, so it wasn't a real risky situation as far as that goes. But they're in pain. 
And what was their insurance situation when they came into you? They had just bought dental insurance. And so they came in, they said, I have this new plan. And it may have, I don't remember the situation exactly, but they, it might've been someone that maybe didn't have care for a little bit of time, but now they got the insurance. So now they decided to get everything taken care of. Mm -hmm. So now they're in pain. And um, I send them to an endodontist to have the root canal treated. And they had a waiting period of a year. So if they wanted to get that root canal covered right. by their insurance, they would have had to wait a year. A year. And what did they end up doing? Um, they, well, I mean, they ended up getting it done because they wanted to save the tooth. And I think that the endodontist worked with them and then we worked with them, meaning that there's certain things we can do. Like we can put a buildup in there. We don't have to do the crown like that same session. You know, we could have waited just a little bit of time and at least bought some time so we can save the tooth. So, um, I think the other important keynote of this is speak to your dentist because ultimately we want you to get care and we want you to be pain free and we want you to have a healthy mouth and there are things to do to kind of like buy some time or like work with you you know there's care credit that's out there that's a great um medical dental veterinary optometry credit card that you can have um it's maybe I'll just do a little blurb on that really quick. It's 0% interest for whatever time frame you sign up for. So if you go online and you sign up for 12 months, it's 0% for 12 months, as long as you get it paid off in 12 months. If you go to month 13, the APR is like 25%, something ridiculous. Mm. So you just have to make sure that it's a very real estimate of how long it's going to take for you to pay it off. Mm. So if you like a thousand dollar thing and you can afford a hundred dollars a month, then send them for the 12 months and you'll get it paid off and you'll be fine. And then the nice thing, unlike the um, promos that a lot of credit card companies have where they don't reset, this resets. So you can sign up again if you have something else done next year and you want to sign up again, then it'll start over and it'll still give you that 0%. Mm, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I think the point there is there, there are a lot of different options and ways to try to help it. Even if you have something that comes up and you're in pain and, and you can't wait a year, there yeah. are options for ways to, to get through that time and, and have it be as inexpensive as possible. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there's things to do and care credit's really nice. They, um, they do accept most people. Yeah, and, and some things about insurance, they can be really frustrating. We had our own experience with uh, with insurance when, if you listen to a previous podcast where Nance talked about her uh, septoplasty, uh, it, we, we were on our way the morning of her surgery to the surgery center, and we're on the phone with our insurance company, and, and they're telling us they weren't going to cover the surgery. I mean, we're, the surgery was going to be like an hour. We're yeah, like, we're in the car. This is not okay. Like. <laughs> No, not okay. And and keep in mind that the person on the other end of the phone is like a 20-something-year-old person sitting at a computer probably reading like a, a table or some sort of script. That and it wasn't them, her fault. And I made sure to know that it, I didn't yell or anything like that. She's I doing was, her job. She's doing her job. Okay, I but, wasn't upset. But, but the question that was at hand was she was saying, according to the insurance company, that it wasn't medically necessary right. to get the septoplasty. Now, keep in mind... And I know we're digressing here for just a minute, but uh, Nancy's ear, nose, and throat doctor said, you should get this done. Nancy said, I would like to get this done. But then you had the insurance company saying, we don't think it's medically necessary, quote unquote. And we're right. Like, oh, boy, that's not how this is supposed to go. Right. So, what so, did th you so then I said to the gal, so let me get this straight. My doctor thinks it's necessary. 
I think it's necessary and I want to get the procedure done, but then the insurance is dictating my treatment, who, who are they to do that? And she's like, no, ma'am, um, insurance does not dictate treatment. And I was like, hmm. It kind of sounds it like you sounds are. sounds like it is. And so I think within 30 minutes it was covered. She had to get off the phone and go, Dr. Boss, who then called, called back. So, because it's illegal for insurance to dictate treatment. So you should know that too, yeah, <laughs> is that it's yeah. illegal. So if you um, use those magic words... Let me get this straight. Yeah. Now, we were in a situation, though, where we didn't have, like, a insurance that had a waiting period or something like that. Now, we there, didn't. There, there are things like that, like with that root canal story, where it, um, that can kind of dictate what they will cover or what they won't. Um, but this was a question of medical necessity. It was like, okay. But yeah. that's just sort of an example of where, like I was saying, you, the insurance companies are a money-making venture, and nothing wrong with that, but they are not their primary concern isn't necessarily the patient and it's not necessarily the caregiver and right. you got to be your own advocate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So enough about insurance. This is the juicy part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah, funny yeah, now yeah. we can laugh about mm -hmm. it now, but it was horrifying when we were going through it. This is about 15 years ago. And this is why Nancy had to learn dental insurance so intimately is because she had to do it all on her own. But, right. And yeah. I think a lot of our patients know this story, but maybe for other people it'd be entertaining. <laughs> Maybe if you're a dentist trying to buy a practice, don't do what I did. <laughs> so um, I was in corporate dentistry and I was looking to buy my own practice and I was really open to anything. I um, had looked at things with a friend. Yeah, we had looked at offices together. We, um, I had gone out on my own and I had looked and I said, I'm not, I'm not focused on an area. I'm not focused on a size. I just want something that feels homey. And so I ended up, it was one of the last practices I visited and it was in Golden and it was in a little house. And this little house was very quaint and um, the dentist was um, like on the verge of retirement, I would say. Late 60s probably. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he kind of said, you know, that he was looking to get out and, and I knew nothing really about him. You know, I, I didn't know enough um, about my rights as a buyer. Um, I asked to see charts. I wanted to see what the patient population was. Are, are, are there going to be any, am I going to have a job on day one or do I have to seek patients um, to find them to come in and see me and get their teeth cleaned and do all that stuff? And, and so when you buy a dental practice, a couple of things go into it. One is, of course, the physical equipment and everything, like all the mm -hmm. stuff that's in the office. But the, the bigger part of the value of a dental practice is the base of patients and that's called the goodwill quote unquote. So it's sort of like you're, you're, you're buying the idea or the assumption that when you come in, all those patients are still going to come in and you're going to have business from day one because right. that doctor, you're kind Trusted of Trusted you to buy this practice and has, yeah. and has moved on. And you're that's kind of goes. buying their reputation and their patient base. Exactly. Yeah. So that happened. And, um, and I asked, you know, can I see some files? I just want to kind of see what kind of work you do. No, you cannot. That is a HIPAA violation. And at that point, I mean, HIPAA violations are serious, but you can sign an agreement. Um, you know, we have our, we have our um, janitor 
sign agreements. We have anybody that's in our office, our computer guy, our IT guy, he has signed an agreement. It's in case something falls on the floor, if they happen to see something on the screen, like you just... Right, exactly. If they have a patient name, we have to know that they can keep that confidential and it doesn't leave our office. They don't take the information. They don't use the information. And so all of those people, anybody that is in our office other than a patient and someone that I mean, people that work there obviously sign their own stuff, but um, it is, we have them sign a HIPAA form. And so I could have easily signed this form and um, been fine, right? But he said, no, no, no. And this guy's sort of, he's charming and he's just very convincing and uh, persuasive and. Right. uh, Yeah. So I did not do what due diligence I should have. I should have looked into that further, but I really, really wanted this practice. Like Mm. I felt golden. I loved Golden, and I just, I was like, this is not my size that I want. You know, this is what I want. And this is kind of a lesson in if you're making a, a big financial decision, do your best to take emotion out of it because take you will you will cloud your judgment. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to do. <laughs> Don't oh go with gosh. your heart. This is one thing. Marriage, you can go with your heart. Yeah. <laughs> Business decisions, don't go with your heart. <laughs> Crunch the numbers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I eventually ended up buying this. Um, and um, my sister and I, my sister said that she was going to move to Colorado for a little bit. We were, I, I said I was dating Dave and she was um, she was dating her now husband as well. And, and you got to imagine how cute this was because her and her sister look a lot alike. So you walk into the dental practice and it's just the two of them and they do everything. <laughs> and, so quaint and nice. And they say hi to you in the front office and then they take you back and they do everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then a, a few weeks go by and we're like, dang, like nothing's really happening here. Like there's some really nice people, but um, not there a very, aren't too many. Not a very busy <laughs> schedule. <laughs> and so we started going through the paper files at this time. There wasn't digital. It was all paper. And so we were going through the files and we found chunks of fake files. So you, what does that mean? We see, you know, um, Miller, Smith is in there, you know, Gill is in there. And you see like the names and then you get to the MCs and there's like 20 blank files with stickers on the outside. So they look real, but there's nothing in them. So, you know, those when you're in the uh, dental or medical office and you see all those vanilla folders, right. vanilla folders on those big file cabinets. Right. That's what we're talking about. And uh, they started going through those. And, and so they had folders that made it look like there was a whole bunch of patients. Yep. And then you open the folders and what was inside? Nothing. There was maybe, maybe some of them had like the medical form, like blank, you know, a blank medical form or something. There wasn't a name on it. It was just blank. Then there was a bunch of like S's and then P's. And I mean, Ange and I are sitting on the floor. I clearly remember this day. It was an evening after work. We just, we just said, we have to go do this. And I'm laughing and crying because I'm like, are you kidding me? And we will both like make each other laugh to the point where we do start crying sometimes. But it was like this sad cry, this like, oh my gosh, like we're laughing because we can't even believe this is our life right now. Um, and then we're just like, well, what are we going to do? Like I'm in it. Um, we did hire an attorney later on and that's another that's another podcast, another we, story. But we, came, we came to find out he had done this to another dentist before. Who us. I happened to know through a mutual friend. And, but yeah. that connection wasn't made until well after buying the yeah. practice. And we found out that she had tried to sue the guy, spent a bunch of money and still didn't win. So right. we were like, okay, right. we just got to kind of right. deal with it. We, we did get other repercussions and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, the um, so then 
other things we found, you know, there was a one surface filling like on the biting surface of the tooth and, you know, he'd charge out extra surfaces, you know, that weren't even covered with the filling material or just stretch the truth or partial dentures that were never made and never delivered, but they were charged out. And so he's doing some fraudulent things, fraudulent stuff. And he did end up losing his license. And that was kind of the victory is that we didn't want other people to be scarred by um, this this, by this person. Well, yeah. just as a quick question, how many patients did he say were in the practice and how many do you think were fake? Fake, fake patients? No, I, f- um, I feel like there, I feel like he maybe said there was a thousand. A thousand which patients to, in If the a practice. dentist is listening to this, they'd say, okay, that's like, like a modest amount, like a, like a normal amount for growth, right? Um, and, um, oh my gosh, how many were fake? I don't know, a few hundred for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a huge percentage. When uh, you're doing and that so that number. kind of explains why, you know, at the time, Nance really had to dive into the details and like, okay, how's all this insurance work? I really got to know how much we're going to get paid. Like we have to and... do marketing. Yeah, because I mean, we were like paycheck to paycheck, and we were like marketing, and and I'm and I'm so grateful that you know it ended up being what it is because now we are um, very successful, and it just shows that when you're good to people. And they're good back to you. So in conclusion, we start with dental insurance and we went into this very interesting story. <laughs> Digress just a little. <laughs> um, but I think the overall summary is look at your contract. We're going to look for waiting periods. We're going to look for monthly fees. And we're going to look for those percentages. And so we want to see what that is and what that means. And then do the calculation. You know, kind of estimate that um, a crown would be, um, I don't know, probably anywhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred bucks depending upon um, the area that you're located in um, I know um, some higher-end practice is go up to two thousand dollars so um, you just have to kind of know your area and then um, you know fillings can range anywhere between 200 and I'd say five hundred dollars um, for a filling so know your area there as well and then you can calculate worst-case scenario um, or you can calculate your monthly fee compared to what that percentage would be or what you expect to have done and just see if it benefits you. Yeah, to have insurance in general. And, yeah. and keep in mind, if uh, you have insurance, consider looking out of network because depending on the quality of your insurance, how they treat dentists, they may or may not, it, it may limit the dentists that you have to choose from. And you may be missing out on somebody who could do better work for you. Um, but just happens to be out of network. So don't right. limit yourself that way. Exactly. Yes. As long as it's an, it's called an open plan. So as long as it's an open plan, you can go wherever you want. Hmm. Um, all right. And the conclusion then, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. Every time we go on, we're so excited to see where you're from and where you're listening from. And um, it really um, fills our hearts and it makes us want to do more because we love um, teaching people and we love having people um, learn some things that maybe they wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from people, too. If you ever have a comment or a question or something you'd like us to, to cover in a future episode, we're perfectly uh, willing to take requests. Yeah, so just leave it in the comment section if you have something that you'd like us to cover. Thanks for listening. See you next time.